So I have a question for you today. Um, have you been, uh, have you ever hunted for a job? Have you ever searched for a job? Yeah, a few, yeah, probably most of you, unless the really young ones, maybe they haven't searched. But if you've ever searched for a job, you know that when you search for a job um, and you see the listing, you, you look at, at what the job is all about, you know, you, you get a description of what the job entails, and you'll probably, you, you, you're really interested in what the pay and the benefits are, you know, that's one of the first things we, am, 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 is this job going to meet my needs, and, and uh, uh, financially, etc., uh, but then, at some point, you have to look at this, this, um, probably, sometimes it's bullet points, or lists, or a little paragraph, it's called, um, requirements or um, what uh, what other words uh, skills qualifications etc there you go there you go yeah you're looking for what are the requirements what what are they requiring of me what what are the qualifications that I need to have and so then you look at that list and you go okay this this good 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 and then you get to that one you go oh dang I don't have that qualification uh, like my daughters have hunted for jobs, and like not now, but you know, about a year or so ago, Olivia was hunting for a job, and and said, "Oh, you have to be 18." Well, this is a perfect job. I'd love this job, but they won't hire me. They'll just they're just gonna throw me out the door. So you know, it might be age. It might be uh, education requirements. Okay, you need a certain level of education, or you need a certain certification to do a particular job, right? So. We've all probably been there, and you've, you've encountered maybe some instances like that where you're like, I don't quite measure up for this particular job. Well, there's something like that that is going on in this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today. It's actually a theme that goes throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. The concept is cleanness. The question that I want to pose to us today as we look at this passage is, are you clean? It's a question that, that believers in the Bible ask all the time. In the Old Testament, the people of God ask the question, am I clean? In other words, am I, to put it in the, in the job search um, terms, am I qualified to be in the presence of God. Am I clean? Or, is there something in my life, something about me personally, something about me physically, something about me uh, religiously, that makes me unclean? Disqualified to be in God's presence. That question, are you clean, came into the New Testament too. It's the same question that's being asked by uh, people in the time of Acts. They're asking the question, are we clean? Am I clean? Can, can I be one of God's people? Can I be in His presence? Can I be what we might say today? Can, can I be saved? Is the gospel for me? Or is it just for those people? So, we are in Acts, and I want to invite you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Acts chapter 10. 
So you might want to grab a Bible near you. You definitely can. You might be able to see it on the screen. Um, it's it's somewhat dim, so do the, do the best you can there. Um, or grab grab a Bible nearby you, or uh, pull it out of your purse, or use your device uh, if you can possibly uh, read off the screen that way. We are going to be continuing this uh, this story, this small story in Acts chapter 10 we, that we began last week with uh, a man named Cornelius. We were introduced to him last week. And, um, and uh, we, we uh, learned a little bit about, about him and, and how he had been um, seeking God in various ways and that God then in turn heard his prayers and, and saw the things that he was doing um, for God and and was drawing him close to himself. Now we're going to can pick up that story here in Acts chapter 10 beginning at verse 9. Beginning at verse 9, we'll read to verse 23. We'll kind of stop in the middle of that verse. But follow along with me now at Acts chapter 10 verse 9 as I read aloud. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was wondering, or excuse me, pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I do pray that you will give us eyes to see uh, what you would have us to see in this passage, uh, to see the glory of Christ here in the word, and to increase our joy in it. God, give us the uh, uh, humility to accept this word from you as your word, inspired and authoritative for our lives. Father, I pray that you will help us to have the power by your Spirit to be obedient to this Word today. To not just simply be hearers of the Word, but also doers. 
I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, here's the big idea from this, from this passage. God alone can make a person clean. Now, at first, you, may, you should ask the question, is that really the big idea? Because we, hear, we have a conversation about clean and unclean. But if we focus in on the vision that Peter had, um, he, com- he, he, is, he falls into a trance, and he sees a great sheet descending, and he sees all kinds of animals and reptiles, and, and ki- rise, Peter, kill and eat. And the, co- the conversation about clean and unclean, about, um, about holy and common, is about the animals. But Peter's going to learn, spoiler, spoiler alert, next week when we look at this, the next part of this passage, we're going to see that the point that God was making with that vision was not only about the food, the animals that were presented to Peter, but were about people. About people that God's people, believers, even at this time, Jewish believers who had come to faith through the testimony of the disciples, a challenge to their way of thinking about who could be clean before God, about who was qualified to be saved. It really is about people, and God alone can make a person clean. Now, God alone can make other people clean too, or, or p- things clean too. He says, what God has made clean, do not call com- common. It could, be, it could be translated, whoever God has, or who God has made clean, do not call common. So it's, it's things or people. God is able to make them clean. Now, why is this a big deal? Before we dig into the details of this passage, it's important to remember Uh, as I set up earlier, that the Old Testament made a big deal about clean and unclean. There were, there were very strict laws about what made, what made a person, uh, uh, qualified to be in God's presence, to be able to worship, to be able to pray, to be able to offer sacrifices. And so, um, so, when Peter is confronted with this and Peter sees this vision, he's taken aback. Because everything he knows about God's law and about God's rules and how God works is based on what he understands about what's right and wrong. What he should participate in and what he shouldn't participate in. If he does something that is against the, the, the civil and civic and ritual laws of the Old Testament, he makes his, he makes his status and his, his uh, connection and his relationship with God uh, in peril. And so, so uh, the, uh, the, the question of cleanness is a big deal to Peter. Just going back over the story, he, he's on his housetop, or he's up on the housetop. He, we, knew, we know from the previous uh, passage that he's staying with another man named Simon, who has a house by the sea, um, a man who um, was a tanner. He worked with animal skins. And there he is, up on the housetop, and he's praying. 
He gets hungry because it's in the middle of the day. But while he's waiting for food, he sees this vision. And he sees a vision of a sheet. And animals are in the sheet. I don't know exactly how it looked. Some people, some people uh, think that maybe it was shaped like a sail uh, of some kind. Like a, a sail that would be on a, on a boat. And so maybe the animals were tucked into this blown uh, or uh, unfurled sail. Um, he challenges God. He says, I don't want to do that. Um, but God says, what God has made clean, do not call common. And this exchange happens three times. And, and then suddenly the men who we, who we were introduced to last week, the two servants and the devout soldier that Cornelius sent, they show up. And the whole thing's got Peter questioning and wondering, what's going on? What does this vision mean? Why would God command me to eat something that's unclean? And then he discovers there are people there. And something starts to, I think, click in his mind. And so he becomes obedient to the Spirit speaking to him, speaks to these men, discovers they're from Cornelius, and then he invites them in to be his guests. Well, the three things that I want us to see um, from this, that come out of this big idea that God alone can make a person clean are these things. That God makes us clean in our prayers, in our convictions, and in our discernment. Let's begin with, with the, first, the first point, that God makes us clean in our prayers. Uh, there's, there's Peter on the housetop at about the sixth hour, and he's praying. The sixth hour would have been about noon. So, about an hour from now, <laughs> or so, in the middle of the day, at the hottest point of the day, he's up on the rooftop, and he's praying. And uh, this, it, some scholars um, have, have looked at this example of Peter and thought, well, why is he up on the housetop in the middle of the day? Because, uh, or at, at noon. Because the, the typical times of prayer for a Jewish person were approximately nine in the morning, and approximately three in the afternoon. And in fact, we saw Cornelius, remember Cornelius, a, a, a devout man, he feared God, was praying in his home at about the ninth hour, at about three in the afternoon. So we have, a, we have an example of, of Cornelius here, praying in the middle of the afternoon at the typical time of prayer, and God coming to him in a vision and speaking to him and telling him what to do, an angel appearing to him. And then here's Peter uh, at around the sixth hour praying. And uh, what's interesting about this for Peter is that this was probably a, a habit, a pattern, a pattern of, of his life. He, he's probably set up a, a time of praying. He, he probably prayed in the morning. He probably prayed in the afternoon. But maybe like the Old Testament character of Daniel who, who prayed three times a day, Peter decided, I, I need to be in God's presence more often th than what I've been doing. And I need to be, uh, I need to be uh, with God in the middle of the day. Now what does that have to do with being clean? In John um, 15, 
Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And uh, in a very uh, familiar passage to many of us, he talks about the vines or the vine and the branches. And he, he tells his disciples, I'm the vine. My father is the vine dresser. And he tells them, you are the branches. And in the middle of this, this little passage where he's teaching about the vine, he tells them this, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. I've always thought that was interesting. If you read that passage, you read about the branches and about pruning and about bearing fruit and back and forth he goes talking about those ideas. Right in the middle of that is this, is this statement about being clean. Well, why is Jesus talking about being clean? Because of the word that I've spoken to you. He's saying, you are already fruitful branches. You have already been pruned. You are attached to me. Now, would you abide in me? Will you abide in me and abide in my word? And he goes on in that passage in, in John 15 to say this in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. talking about prayer. He's talking about the fact that Jesus makes us clean so that we can pray to Him. So that when our prayers go up to God, He hears them. He answers them according to His will. And we can have communion, fellowship with our God. Prayer uh, in the Bible, is, is our primary means of communicating with and having fellowship with God, our Heavenly Father. How can we have that kind of access to God? The writer of Hebrews says that because we have a great high priest, because we have Jesus, we have access to the very throne of God. The God of the universe, the God who created us and everything in this world wants to have you come into His presence to have fellowship with Him through prayer. And Peter, <laughs> Peter, made clean by the Word of God that, that Jesus spoke to him, is able to, ha- to pray to God to listen to him, and to experience God speaking to him. How many of you have had a distinct experience where God spoke to you? Okay, maybe not audibly, maybe you didn't hear a voice, but you, by the Spirit, were directed to something in the Word, were given clarity about about a question that you had, about in life, a, a decision or a choice that you had to make, or just an assurance of God's love for you. When was the last time that happened? Maybe some, for some of you, maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe you're wondering, gosh, that happened so infrequently that I couldn't tell you the last time that happened to me. 
How's your prayer life? How often do you spend in regular prayer with a God who loves you, who made you, and who saved you by His Son, Jesus? A challenge has been on my heart. I I told one of my discipleship groups last week, pray for me. Pray for me, men, that I will develop that kind of a prayer life, the kind of prayer life that Peter has, the kind of prayer life that Cornelius had, to where he's in God's presence on a regular basis so that God, so that he's hearing God speak, and I want to hear God speak to me too. I want that experience. I want to experience um, God making me clean in my prayers. God assuring me of, of my status with Him, of my access to Him in prayer. The ability to ask and receive from my loving Heavenly Father. We, or excuse me, God makes us clean in our prayers. And, but God also makes us clean in our convictions. In our convictions. I, I don't want to fault Peter here. <laughs> you know, he, he sees this vision, and, and for all he knows, it's a test. Are, are you going to, are you going to hold to the, the laws? Are you going to hold to my ways that I have, uh, that I have given you in the Word, in Scripture? Are you going to be true to that? Or are you going to just be wishy-washy and and accept whatever comes along, whatever might, whatever seems to feel good at the time. See, Peter gets this vision of the animals and reptiles and birds of the air. Now, it says all kinds of animals. Now, there were probably uh, acceptable animals there, but so, but the, 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 the rule was that even the clean animals had to be um, killed in a certain way. And for him, for, for, for Peter up there on the roof all by himself, to just slice off a, a, a piece of, you know, beef or a piece of lamb and just go to town, he, there were rules about even eating the unclean animals. And here is Peter saying, No, by no means, Lord. He uses a very strong term here. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And what he's trying to say is, and I'm not about to begin now. His convictions, uh, 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 based on the Word of God, were so strong, so sure, that this vision, as confusing as it was, and as significant as it was for him, was not going to dissuade him. God makes us clean in our convictions. He, He marks us as His, when we stand on our convictions for what is right and what is honoring. I don't know if I really need to illustrate this to you guys. Because every single one of us here today who can hear my voice knows and can list off a half a dozen things that you have done or said or thought this past week, nay, this past 24 hours that you know has been contrary to God's law. We did it anyway. P. 
Peter was not a perfect follower of Jesus. He made mistakes. We have, we have good evidence of the mistakes he made and the things that he said he shouldn't have said and things he did that he shouldn't have done. Peter's, I'm, not, I'm not holding Peter up here as a measure of perfection. But I am saying that his example of standing on his convictions during a, an, a, a trying time is something for us to look at, to model after. Why was it such a trying time? Why would this have been a te- uh, why would he have thought of this as a test? He's probably thinking back to the testimony of Jesus, who spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And while he was there, he was tempted by the devil, the accuser, who said, "If you're hungry, Take these stones, turn them into bread, and eat, and satisfy your hunger. You have a desire for something, so why don't you just scratch that itch? Why don't you just find fulfillment? Here's an opportunity. Maybe Peter had that flash through his mind as that sheet came down with all those animals. And the command came, the voice came, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter, up there in the middle of the day, waiting for a snack to be served, or a lunch to be served, is famished. He's hungry. He's weak. And here comes something that's going to that's gonna satisfy his hunger. That's going to take away his feelings of weakness. Make him feel strong. Make him feel whole again. Make him feel ready to go. Make him feel whatever it is that he needed to feel in that moment. And he stood on his convictions because Jesus had made him clean by his own word. And he was walking in that. And he was living that. And he was living it out. See, his convictions were based on God's law. He could think back to Leviticus chapter 11, and a familiar passage that most of us read to our children um, every week or so in our devotions because it's so inspiring. <laughs> Check it out. Check out Leviticus 11 and test me on that. Um, a list of what clean animals you could eat, what unclean animals you shouldn't eat, etc., etc., etc. And at the end of that passage, the whole point of those ritual and ceremonial and, and civic laws for the people was this. They were all rooted in this. I, the Lord, am holy. I am a holy God. And you are my people. You should be a reflection of me. You embrace holiness. Embrace these convictions for yourself because that's who I am. Holy, set apart. Jesus did the same thing for us in his life. Being tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. He never gave in to temptation. So, so the temptation never abated. It was always there. 
It was always, it was always pressing on him. He never felt the release of giving in to temptation. Peter stood firm on his convictions. God makes us clean in our convictions, both, both in order to walk the way He wants us to walk, as well as the ability to live it out. But finally, God also makes us clean in our discernment. God makes us clean in our discernment. If I need to, I can switch out mics. God makes us clean in our discernment. Look what, look what happens next. After this vision, it says Peter was inwardly perplexed. He was confused. He was wondering about what in the world could this have possibly meant. And it happened three times, and then it's gone. And what, what was God trying to teach me about this? I mean, what was he saying to me? And he continues to ponder, even while, um, unbeknownst to him, the men whom Cornelius, who Cornelius sent are down below, ready to look for him. And so Peter, is, is he's, uh, the author says, was pondering the vision. And so then the Spirit spoke to him and gave him direction, gave him something to act upon. Uh, once again, I, 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 uh, I go back to what we saw in Cornelius. Cornelius, who was told to do something, that was probably uh, uh, confusing, um, e- maybe easy to misunderstand, yet Cornelius acted immediately and, and obeyed the message. And here's Peter, um, given direction by the Spirit to, to go with these men and respond to what they had been told to do by Cornelius and by the angel who appeared to Cornelius. The discernment um, must have, must have uh, uh, come into play as, as Peter is, is, is dwelling on this and thinking about this. And, you know, um, uh, because we know Peter was uh, a little bit slow on the uptake, he, maybe he needed three. Uh, he needed three uh, encounters here, and um, God needed to speak to him three times. And and maybe he's pondering and perplexed, and um, and then something comes into his mind, and he he remembers that Jesus said something about clean and unclean. Uh, he said something about this in in Mark chapter seven. And uh, I'm sure he wasn't thinking Mark chapter 7, um, because at the time the events happened to Peter, Mark hadn't even been written, but he remembered what Jesus had said. And Jesus had taught about the traditions and the, the commandments of the Pharisees and the Jews and the elders and how they had to wash a certain way. And they were so concerned with cleanness. They were so concerned with, with the Old Testament law and making sure that they followed it to the letter that they added law to law to law to law, added to God's Word, and, and had all of these rules about what you could and could not eat. And so Jesus made the point um, when he 
confronted that uh, teaching and that hypocrisy, he said, look, nothing that is outside a person and going into him, food, can defile him. But the things that come out of a person, that's what defiles him. And he said, he said, don't you see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? It enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled. And then the commentary, or the, the author of Mark, adds this. Thus, he declared all foods clean. You think that might have been a light bulb that went off in in, in Peter's mind as he's pondering, he's, he's wondering, he's, he's, he's trying to discern what did this mean? So he's going back to God's word. <laughs> he's going back to the words that Jesus spoke to him. The words that made him clean and the words that empowered him for cleanliness, a life that was, that was close to God, a life um, that, was, that gave him the ability to be God's uh, God's man, God's child. So he's he's exercising his powers of discernment, and he's reflecting back on the words that Jesus had spoke. Because Jesus goes went on to say this: "What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts." Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So what, what must have gone on in, through Peter's mind? If, if he had reflected on that, if he had gone back to the words that Jesus had spoken to him and thought about Mark chapter 7 and realized it's about the heart, it's not about these food. This food is not about the preparation of the food. It's not about which animals are good to eat and which aren't good to eat for us. It's about people's lives. It's about souls. It's about hearts. That's where we need to be clean. How might we apply something like this in our own lives? How might we apply the, the powers of discernment that God gives us? Well, first of all, you may read the Bible over and over and over again and find it difficult and frustrating and challenging, but let me tell you, if you have not been made clean, you will be like the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural person, the person who's not been changed in the heart. The person who's not been redeemed, who has not been remade in the, in the heart, who is not clean, that person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They, he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. You may read God's Word and, and be like, I, I just don't get it. it. might be an indication that something deeper needs to happen on the level of your heart. But if you have been made clean, we have God's Word, the words that Jesus spoke, the words that the Spirit inspired in our Bibles today to guide us, to give us discernment, 
So then in those times of testing, we, we go to our powers of discernment based on the Holy Spirit and the Word to understand what it is that God has for us. To give us direction, to give us insight. The Apostle Paul says again in Colossians chapter 3, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that because the Apostle Paul is borrowing that imagery of abiding in Christ and abiding in his word. When he says, let, that, let Christ's word, let, let the word of the gospel, let the words that Jesus spoke, even let the words of the, of the whole Bible dwell in you richly. Let them make, be in your home. Maybe, maybe the Apostle Paul was thinking of Psalm 119, verse 11, when the psalmist says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly so that you will be clean in your discernment to be able to respond to what God wants you to to respond to. How might he be speaking to you today? Maybe about prayer. Maybe about your convictions and the way that you are living your life day by day. Maybe about your discernment. Maybe you find yourself without those, without the ability to discern. And maybe part of that, part of that challenge for us is that we just don't spend enough time in God's Word. We don't... We don't know how to discern the things that we're dealing with because we're just not there. How might we be helped today by this word? God alone, truly, can make a person clean. But he does that in you and me through his word, through prayer that he wrought on us through the Spirit. Peter, much later in his life, wrote a couple of letters. And in one of them he said, he said this, Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And But check this out. I'm going to keep reading Peter's words here. As he's reflecting on this, and I'm, this, the, the experience that he went through must have shaped these words, because he says, and if you call on him, that's, he's talking about prayer, as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with faith, fear throughout the time of your exile. He's talking about your convictions. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times. For the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God.
God alone makes a person clean, and he does so for us in Christ. He does for that for us in Christ. You're wondering about prayer, convictions, discernment? In Christ, we are clean in our prayers. In Christ, we are clean in our convictions. In Christ, we are clean in our discernment. Because if we are not discerning the gospel, if we're not discerning the word of Christ, if we're not discerning what God has done for us in Christ, and seeing that as more glorious than any other experience that we have or any other temptation that we might face, we are missing the cleanness that God offers us in Christ. He does it all for us. But then he asks us to live in that, to walk in that. For yes, for his glory, but for our joy. For our joy as we see the beauty of Christ in the word and all around us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that today we will respond to you in faith, not, not um, relying on our own wisdom, or our own efforts to make ourselves clean. God, when we look at the standards, if, if there was a job description for being a child of God, a son or a daughter of the king, the qualifications would be as high as the person and work of Christ himself. We could never make that. We could never meet those qualifications. We could never be clean. The way that it is required for someone to be clean, to be before you, the psalmist said, who can, can come? Uh, only he who has a clean heart, pure hands. But the end of that Psalm 24 is, who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong in might. He, he is the King of glory. We look to you and your Christ for the cleanness that we need to live the lives that you have called us to live. Let, our, let us be convicted. Uh, don't, uh, don't, don't let us off the hook from your conviction. If our prayers are failing, let's be convicted of that. Lord, if the way, if the, if the, the way we're practicing our lives the things that we're engaged in, the things that we're doing or saying or believing are wrong and they need to be fixed. God, convict us of those things that we may be right in our convictions the way we live our lives. And Lord, let us be discerning of the gospel that is at work in us. And the word of God that is there for us that we may be clean. God, there's more to the story. There's more to what you want to teach us from this word and we will see it next week as well. Help us to live this week ready for anything that you call us to do and for what you're, you're going to call us to do next. For your glory and our joy we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.